0: she's a doctor. Hi, I'm Dr. Dovek and she's a dietitian. Hey, I'm
1: Hannah Schuyler and together we are the, the Dr. Dietitian Collab. So, what's new? What's new? Not a whole lot. What's new with you? Honestly, absolutely nothing. Oh, there is one thing that's new with me. Oh yeah. It's well, kind of big. It is. What is it?
0: I'm going to have a baby. Oh my gosh, yes. congratulations. Thank you. Oh, we've been dying to tell everyone. Seriously. Oh, it's been a while. How far along are you? 20 weeks. Oh my gosh, halfway, halfway there. there. Yeah, so due early February.
1: Yeah, so your birthday is in early February. Yes. We'll see if she comes late. It's a girl. Oh, oh I my just ruin that. Yeah. Um yeah, if she comes a few days late, we might be birthday
0: twins. Oh, so my gosh. We'll how, see. How fun is that? How exciting. I know. Oh, oh, my goodness. Joining the girl gang. It is. It's a perfect thing for Team Body by Bariatrics yes. here <laughs> to have a female. The time is yes. now. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. I can't wait for it. I you know. We're so excited. My oh. husband is, like, thrilled. I know he's so excited he is excited I mean I just I just I don't even know I just feel like there's been so much like hype around this it has been so hard for us to keep this a secret and under wraps and and it's kind of crazy the timing of it
1: because I really like started with like the new job Mm -hmm. and like I was pregnant within like a month or so of starting I I mean it was so quickly and so it was like starting the new job being pregnant you know, just so much
0: happening. There was so much happening, but um, that's what we really want to talk about today yeah. is all things women's health, all things pregnancy, yes. all things you being in this moment yes. of, of, you know, trying to get pregnant, trying mm-hmm. to conceive some of the things, you know, that you try to do and just yeah. the mind, the thing that it was, I know, it's like, well, I got pregnant fairly easily. And, I did. Yeah. Know, yeah. It was just like, it was like three months or so. I know. Well, for a lot of people, I think that that's, I mean, that that's amazing. But even yeah. just three months, it's, it's still three it's times it's
1: 20 days. yeah, that moment of you do the stick and you're, like, looking, like, as closely as possible oh, at this, like, little thing. And, like, is that a line? Is that not a line? And then, or you go to test and you get your period Ugh. or whatever it is. But and Of course, because I'm a nerdy and I was like, I'm not doing this without some science help. I was tracking. I had an app. Like, I was, oh, you yes. know, watching my... My ovulation, I started taking my temperature every morning. I mean, like I said, it was very early on, but I think that's partially why it was so quick because I was
0: like, on top of it. You're like a mogul so, lady now. Yeah, now. exactly.
1: Yeah, this <laughs> this is, the is the moment. This is the moment. So, um, and then
0: you finally do get the test here after just a few months of the positive. Uh-huh. And I mean, like that's like one of life's craziest moments it was.
1: And it was like a Tuesday morning or something, you know, because obviously you can't control cuz again, because I was following everything, I tested like the second that you could potentially have a positive on one of those tests, like I was like woke up and went and did it. And yeah, I was like, oh my God, you know, and then it was like, well, now I have to I mean, I told my husband Yes, and uh, it's like, well, now I have to go to work. But then it was, it was like such a secret with just the two of us, which was kind of exciting and fun. But then I got really annoyed. I was like,
0: I always want to tell everybody. I know. I know. Like, well, there's that moment where you are always going to be the first one that knows. Right. That yeah. You're just no like, one else can. Oh my gosh. Like I, I'm pregnant. Yeah. There's life inside Yeah. Of I me. knew for like five minutes before I told him
1: because <laughs> I like went and made coffee. I bought him a, a mug that says, dad. So I like went and made coffee and like brought him his like dad mug and it took it. Cause it was, like I said, it was first thing in the morning. We were like waking up to go to work that day and it took him a second to really figure out. He was like, Oh, I thought it was like cat dad. <laughs> like, you're like,
0: already you're been a cat. Already cat dad. That's not new. Oh my gosh. So oh, oh, it's yeah. been great. Um, tell us how have you been feeling? Like the whole, honestly, I, I
1: feel a little guilty cause like, Pregnancy's been really easy for me for the oh most gosh. part. Um first trimester, there were some there was like four weeks probably where I was just I was just wiped. Mm-hmm. I was so tired. Um, don't tell my boss, but sometimes I would have to like go and nap in the <laughs> middle of the day. <laughs> she doesn't care. she um, doesn't care. So I mean, it was just like, I mean, I couldn't. And after work, I would I would nap for two hours every day, pretty much. And I just couldn't couldn't uh function. It's, it's, incredible. it was so crazy. And, but I didn't, I wasn't sick. I was super queasy. And mm-hmm. actually it was really funny. I was talking to a patient. There's been a couple patient times where like things have been brought up and I'm like, I want to be able to tell you like, cause I like relate to them and stuff. Yes. So I had a patient who was, I don't remember eight weeks or so out from surgery and she was just struggling. She's like, every time I like go to the fridge and open it, like I just feel queasy. She's like, I don't feel like I need to throw up. I don't feel... But I just go in there and I'm like, nothing looks good. And I was like, totally. And she's like, yeah, it's like when you're pregnant. And I was like, yes, it's 100% yes. how I was feeling like in that moment
0: too. So it was kind of funny. Um, you know, that's actually interesting. I've said this many times, but there are such parallels to pregnancy and having early post-operative bariatric surgery. Yeah. Like I... I mean, you're going to see it now so, so much in terms of, oh... Um in the beginning, like I just nothing sounds appetizing. Mm-hmm. I feel very nauseated. I'm super exhausted. The anesthesia wiped me out. It yeah. Is, it's it's like exactly it's, the same. Super parallel. Yeah. I know. And even before like the preparation, now you're mm-hmm. in this like we're we're embarking on the nesting phase, which I as the boss, as you say, um, <laughs> am very excited for because now you're feeling better. Yeah. Your energy's back. You're like, Oh, I forgot how like how yeah. bad I actually was feeling. Now I feel so much better. Right. And then all of a sudden you're gonna be like in this mode of like, I got to get everything. It's almost like life is coming to a, well, a different yeah, turning point here. So they are sure. like, I got to get everything ready. So I can't yes. even wait to see what's coming out of you in the next few weeks. Oh my gosh. We'll see. Yeah. Stay tuned, everyone. Yeah. So today we wanted to really um, do a full, very long overdue podcast on All kinds of women's health issues on PCOS, hormones, periods, on fertility in general, and then getting pregnant and what you should do. And we have a lot to really plow through here. This
1: is a a big episode. Mm -hmm. One thing I do want to note is we're probably going to mention a lot of things like women's health, women, pregnant women. We also want to recognize that there are people who don't identify or who are not women that do have these experiences. So, uh, we are including those people in our conversation. I just think we are out of practice with using some of those terms So we know there are other people that can get pregnant and they are absolutely included in this conversation that we're having today.
0: Absolutely. So, and, um, let's just, let's dive in, um, after that big announcement and, uh, It's a girl, so here we go, and we're halfway there. So, we're going to talk about life before bariatric surgery, and and honestly, this is one of the big reasons why people even look into having bariatric surgery, Mm -hmm. is that maybe they're of childbearing age, they've been trying for a long time with their partner, maybe even IUI, IVF, if they're um, same-sex marriage, and they want to get pregnant, and they can't, and it's just not working, and it's not happening, and they've been told well, if you'd lose weight, your fertility would improve and that sort of thing. Right. And I want to start off with one of the biggest comorbidities that our females um, suffer through, and that is PCOS, which is polycystic ovarian syndrome. And we're going to talk a lot about how that presents and the symptoms, um, because I would say all, the majority of our patients are females have this.
1: Yeah. And I think it's one of those terms, too, that like gets thrown around a lot of like
0: PCOS. And it's like, well, what does that really look like? So what does PCOS really present as? Exactly. And it's not just, oh, I want to have a baby. I can't because I have PCOS. There's women who maybe don't want babies, maybe um, are are done with having children, and they're still suffering from PCOS. Right. So there's a lot more to it than just fertility. So I want to first start off with um, with your menstrual cycle, with your period. Mm-hmm. And I I think this is one of the biggest things and this is actually one of the reasons we're going to talk more depth about why people like whoops I just had surgery a week ago and I'm already pregnant and it's because your period will either be really irregular you'll get um very long spans of time when you don't have your period and then you'll get it and then it'll stop and then it comes back right back and it's kind of all over the place and it's gonna be very 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 heavy heavy periods Mm -hmm. as well or you could have something called and that's called oligomenorrhea Right, and that means like infrequent or like few uh, periods. It's it's when your cycle between periods it should be twenty eight days. We talk about the twenty eight day, like oh, every twenty yeah. days you have to check. But sometimes your cycle could be over thirty five days, and if that's the case, then it is defined as oligomenorrhea? Now, if you have amenorrhea, that means that you don't have menstrual periods for for several months or more. Mm -hmm. And a lot of our patients, sometimes it's like, hey, I I ain't mad at this, but I'm not having my period. Right. And so that is one of the big things, and that's why when you're trying to conceive, and you have PCOS, you were just talking about like, okay, I could, you know, I could track yeah. like yeah, you know, yeah. do these ovulation testing kits. You can pee on mm-hmm. an actual stick to see if you're actually ovulating. The right. egg is being released from the ovary and is ready to be fertilized by the sperm. But guess what? Sometimes you just like it's you, like you I have no idea, track.
1: right? Because there's no there's no set time that you think you're going to have a period and it might switch some days. It might, you know, some months it might be more regular
0: and some months it might be super far apart. Like so it definitely can vary a lot. Yeah, it could be all over the place. And in addition to amenorrhea, you could have an ovulation. Anovulation is when you're not ovulating. Mm. So you could be being on a stick every day and it's not being never really show it's, anything. It's, it's not yeah. it's not happening. So that's one of the biggest easiest ways to tell, but there's also some other outward signs of PCOS as well. And this is um secondary to something called hyperandrogenism. And, and that means that you're going to have an excess amount of male hormones Mm -mm. so when you think about men and differences in the the way we look one of the big things is is facial hair or hair that is coming excessive hair growth really in just areas it's not typically on uh, a born female and that would be on the face chin upper lip Mm -hmm. um, chest back nipple areas abdomen we'll see sometimes quite a bit of abdominal hair that Mm -hmm. tracks up from sort of that pubic area up to the, the the belly button area yeah. um and sometimes that's tough you know that's yeah, absolutely that's something that you know you can wax and this is like trying to get rid of it or you know shave but it's yeah. it's 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 not fun so we know that that is one of the one of the big things here as well now it's called polycystic ovaries mm-hmm. because there can be a lot of cysts right. and uh I don't know if you've ever struggled or had lots of cysts, um, but they can be very painful. No,
1: I've heard that, though. And I've known people that have gotten them, like, removed, like, surgically. And it's a big difference. Oh, yeah. Just in their stomach's appearance. Because cysts can be so large that, like, you almost look pregnant. You know, if so you're a smaller person,
0: especially, they they really can... Oh, yeah. Joe, externally, even. I mean, you can have huge cysts yeah. and then they can burst. And um, a ruptured ovarian cyst is uh, sometimes, if it's a hemorrhagic cyst, it's actually a surgical emergency. It causes that much discomfort. If they're little guys, they can still hurt. Mm-hmm. Um, there's even uh, something that's outside of PCOS when you talk about, like, oh, I can tell what side I'm ovulating on because sometimes you could have ovulatory pain. And that's mm. called, it's a German word. I'm going to butcher this, but I think it's middle skirts. Middle skirmitz. How Does that sound? And it sounds great to me. Okay, as a non-German speaker, that was always like one of my favorite things. Like, like, oh yeah, and like I said many times, I've gone through IVF, and when you do that, it's the the ovary that's going to go. You know, you're trying to get a bunch of eggs out, and right. they do the um, the egg retrievals, and so. I only had like, you know, a handful of eggs, but some people had a lot. And so when those afterwards, after they plucked all those, oh my gosh. It was really swollen. Inti- oh, yeah. Big. It was intense. And you could tell like what side was like ovulating. You yeah. You could tell what was happening. It was, it was a lot. So there's all of that. Now, this is where PCOS and bariatric surgery, particularly the gastric bypass especially, go hand in hand. And this is on those metabolic symptoms. hmm So things like insulin resistance is all the same wheelhouse as the hormones, the PCOS, the cyst, And insulin resistance obviously means that your body is not as good at taking care of the, the blood sugar. So you could have higher circulating levels of blood sugar. You need more insulin to come onto the scene. The more insulin you have, it's kind of a growth hormone, the more that you gain weight. And so it all goes into this weight gain kind of cycle as well. And that's where it's really unfortunate because like you said earlier, like all, doctors will be like, we'll
1: lose weight and then you might be able to get pregnant. And it's like, well, I'm trying to lose weight, but I can't because I've got all these other problems going on. And it is it's like it's that old double standard of like we'll just lose weight and everything will be better and it's like
0: you think i haven't tried oh my gosh you know? well no doubt and that is something that um i always think about like what is the chicken or the egg in a lot of these circumstances okay. did you start to gain weight and then you develop pcos and then the pcos makes it so that it's harder to lose the weight and then you're getting stuck in that yeah. cycle and the same thing with insulin resistance which progresses to type 2 diabetes which mm-hmm. is all you know what's the starter of this is the pcos it's like all of these all of these really rough things. And then there's other metabolic issues as well. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So things like, yeah, you have high blood pressure, high cholesterol. I mean, just these things that we see um, and just overall increased risk of cardiovascular issues, which
0: obviously we don't want in the long run. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So. and I And I think that's something that we don't really talk about enough mm-hmm. is that PCOS is a legitimate concern and if you're feeling this way you, you know it there's there's so many things and when you talk about weight gain there's also skin changes so whenever you know i'm out and about i do look at something called acanthosis uh nigricans which is a darkening of skin in certain areas it's like mm-hmm. a thickening and i can see it on people's necks yeah um out in public um you might if they're wearing a tame talk you can see like this thicker kind of like band of darker tissue that like is like a like almost like a roll but it's underneath their um underarms like Mm -hmm. their armpit area um and you'll see this almost like a like a hump that's like around like their like upper back neck area which is all plays with this sort of overall picture of how it is yeah yeah And and that's you know again these are things that
1: really affect people
0: Yeah, absolutely. And, and when we talk about impacting your mood, depression, anxiety, mood disorders are very well associated with, with the hormones, the estrogen. If you think about menopause, there's, you know, why do people even go into estrogen replacement therapy? It is because estrogen does make you feel better. And if you're just feeling just, I don't know, down and blue, and it confuses it, your hormones, yeah. you know, estrogen is a beautiful hormone. It, it does some some bad things if it's an overdrive, um, right. breast cancer, that sort of thing. But for the most part, estrogen, you want those things to be in balance, right. in correct balance. And then finally, with the heavy or irregular menstrual cycles, when you actually do have your period... Ooh, I can hurt it can be painful very yeah. very painful like we already said it's called dysmenorrhea that's painful periods you get cramps the pelvic discomfort the fullness um, all of those sorts of things and it can mess with your sleep so we wouldn't what doesn't, wouldn't, <laughs> what, what doesn't? What, let's throw sleep in there guys yeah. like we we, we it wouldn't be us without, without sleep yeah so PCOS is a big one um, hormonal imbalances metabolic issues all yeah. of these things can lead to infertility which again can be even very, without very PCOS like it's like yeah if you have the insulin resistance you're having
1: those kinds of problems, you know, you may not be diagnosed necessarily with that, but you may have a lot of these pieces of it. And I think the other thing with this is in the reason that this is really tricky for a lot of people is again, healthcare does never really focuses a lot on women's issues or it hasn't in the long, you know, if we look at, at history. And so I think a lot of this stuff, we're hearing much more about it, which is great. Cause I I'm hoping that that means more research is going into these things and people are actually, you know, Listening to their patients when they come in with pain and they're not just saying, well, oh, you just have anxiety or Mm -hmm. it's all in your head or, oh, well, if you just lose weight, like, you know, and that's part of it. And I think that's where bariatric surgery can help to come in as part of like a treatment plan for this as well. And we'll talk more about, you know the changes that do happen with bariatric surgery as well.
0: Exactly. And, and this also goes into other conditions like endometriosis, mm-hmm. which is where the endometrial tissue, which should be uh, aligning align your uterus, which mm-hmm. in the endometrium is what it gets shed with your period. Sometimes that endometrial tissue can be outside of your uterus. There can be implants on your ovaries. There can be implants along the um, peritoneum or inside the abdomen in different locations. In extreme cases, it can even align your uh, heart or even your mm-hmm. lungs There's um, cases where people get um, a hemothorax, which is um, accumulation of blood in their chest cavity. And I mean, there are case studies about it, but it was always like requiring a chest tube to drain the blood from the endometrial implants inside of that. And the chronic chest pain and it's like, why do I keep getting severe chest pain? It's like, oh my, you have a hemothorax from From that endometrial, from your uterus, endometrial cells moving. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. And so, and that's all fed by estrogen. So that's like Mm -hmm. an overdrive of estrogen. And again, hormonal imbalances can make your, your, and a lot of these things, you try to correct it by putting you in the right balance of these hormones. And so sometimes birth control can be very, very effective at helping to kind of regulate it to get it started, just to get it started. And it's always very frustrating as an yeah. infertile, infer- infer- formally infertile person to be told like, all right, we're going to start you off. We're going to do six months of getting you regular with hormones. And you're like, oh, yeah. birth control. Right. That's the last thing I want right now. now. <laughs> no, this, is yeah. not, this isn't great. And so anyway, a lot of these fertility clinics and things like that, they're going to want you to get the PCOS under control. They want to get these val- hormones in balance and they're going to want to get your BMI down. Mm-hmm. So that is where in comes bariatric surgery. Yeah. And I mean, for some of you, you might be listening to this and you might still be very much so in the discovery phase of looking at bariatric surgery. You might be one of our um, long-term post-op veterans that has been there, done this. This does not even apply to you. But I do want to briefly talk about bariatric surgery. So if you are listening to this Mm -hmm. um, and you stumbled across us, know that there is hope. Bariatric surgery is the most effective tool that exists to get you more fertile. It's actually more effective than even IVF or anything that a reproductive and endocrinologist can do. It's that impactful and it happens even before you lose weight. So Hannah, from a dietitian standpoint and from all of that, can you explain what are the surgical options out there and what makes kind of like one better than another, if you will?
1: Yeah, so like the two main surgeries that, that are offered bariatrics are going to be the sleeve and the bypass. So the sleeve gastrectomy and the ruin and Y gastric bypass. So the sleeve is where we trim your stomach down and we pull out the extra section and you have a much smaller stomach. And then the ruin en Y bypass is where we're going to actually reroute your stomach, move some things around. You'll have a much smaller stomach pouch. And with the bypass is where you tend to see more of those hormonal changes than with the sleeve particularly. And now I will admit, I don't know why, that is, no one I don't does. know if any, yeah, exactly. I, was saying, I don't know if anybody does, but the bypass is generally, even for not, you know, this issue, but things like diabetes, um, it can be just the better option to help with any, all these different hormonal regulation, you know, hormonal issues.
0: Yeah, you know, I think, um, I think it's absolutely because so GLP-1, the glucagon-like yes. peptide one, which is what's behind semaglutide, Ozempic, Wagovi, manjaro, is a piece of that. GLP-1 after surgery instantaneously increases. Mm-hmm. And that is what all those medications mm-hmm. do. They're agonists to that. So they're also trying to amplify the impact of that. And I think, I mean, that's obviously something that we do know, mm-hmm. and all the amazing impact that that has and why those meds work so well. Yeah.
1: It happens. And and a a lot of that is
0: that it's that hormone and it's
1: that insulin resistance that that really helps with my understanding with that too. For sure. So that I think, and just to briefly touch on that, I think that brings into the conversation as well, like where do the meds play a role Mm -hmm. in fertility and can we get some of those positive benefits, you know, maybe for some people who don't qualify for surgical intervention who are struggling with like PCOS or infertility or things, maybe looking at can the weight loss medications you know, start to play a role into this. And I think we're learning more and more about those every day. I mean, new new articles are coming out about weight loss meds every day and all these different benefits that they have. So I'm sure that's going to be something else that's looked into. And yeah. we'll touch on meds
0: in a little bit too. Yeah, no, I think meds are absolutely a great key. Who qualifies if your BMI is greater than 27 you can do it with the BMI calculator and you have issues related to your weight. Or if your BMI is greater than 30, you qualify for medications. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of great ones. That, like Hannah said, we are going to really dive into like, when should you stop them? Mm-hmm. You know, if you're trying to conceive, you got to be very careful with some of them. Yes. Um, and, but some of them, there's just not a lot of great evidence. And I think that they're, I, I think that they're safe. And, and we'll yeah. talk about that. So, all right, you make the decision. You're going to have bariatric surgery. Yep. You go through the process. It's not as hard or scary. You, <laughs> you know, you have us, it's virtual, We're it's very here. easy. Um, and you have surgery. And now this is probably our number one thing, which we have to add to our final preparation packet, a yes. quick side note, but <laughs> is about what happens to their periods immediately after surgery. Immediately after, so after surgery. this scene. What is what do we hear literally from almost every patient?
1: I got my period and it's so heavy and so intense. What's wrong? Am I dying? I'm yeah. bleeding so
0: much. Totally. It's like, wow, I haven't seen Remember the amenorrhea? Yeah. Like I haven't seen this bad boy in months or years. Yeah. And I didn't even, like, I was even wondering, you know, I'm 45 years old. I didn't even know. if I thought I was going okay. through menopause. Yeah, and menopause. And,
1: and part of that right isn't it if you have had that amenorrhea and so like the lining has just built up so much like you just have an excessive kind of amount of lining and so is that
0: why you kind of get that big I I think actually that's I guess that we should ask an OBGYN but I mean we could they won't know probably but I'm gonna say yes that that lining has just been kind of in a steady state like just you know yeah waiting for something yeah it's like on the cusp and all of a sudden it's weird before you lose an Else. Yeah. You will have surgery on Monday. Tuesday, you're going to call us. Yeah. yeah. You're, like, bleeding heavily. And yeah. then you're like, oh, my gosh, I'm soaking through, like, the super heavies. Like, yeah. this is uncontrollable. And then you, um, you're um, you like, okay, it seems to have gone away. Like, all right, I should expect it again in 28 days. Yeah. Three <laughs> days later, guess who's back? Uh-huh. Back again, you know? like, And it rears its head, and it's really, like it's a lot is concerning because yeah. it's and then that also like you're not used to it and that kind of wipes you out too it does and you're you're just recovering from surgery like that just that sounds like no fun i know so sorry everyone has gone through that it, it rains and pours now the other side of that is also the patients who like maybe they have oligomenorrhea or maybe they're pretty regular like hey even though i struggle with my weight i don't have pcos i go i have my period mm-hmm. every 28 days and then those patients are like i am clockwork and they are very very concerned. of like, oh my gosh, I'm on my period. Can I still have my surgery? Yeah. Yes. A lot of our patients pads, no tampons, and they have their surgery. And then afterwards it kind of goes away. And then, oh my gosh, like three days later, it's back too. Yeah. Even if you're a regular totally, person, totally regular, so regular, non-regular, you're going to be irregular in that early post-operative period. So get ready um, for all of that. And then you're going to start to slowly, but surely it might take just a couple of months it might take several months it might take a year but you're going to most likely get regular after bariatric surgery yeah. and it's it's really really interesting um as to you know how that happens or even more on the timing of when that all happens as well it's it's something that is interesting so you can ask your OBGYN. A lot of times, they're a little bit afraid of our post-op area expectations. Are. They are. But that's okay. They don't want to do anything or say anything that's going to, um, you know, screw it up. But... will always just send each other back. Yeah, we're just like, another, here, right? when
1: I, you go see your OBGYN. They're like, no, you go see your bariatric surgeon. So sorry when that happens. We know it's frustrating. Exactly. To get passed
0: back and forth. Exactly. Pretty much. Yeah. So, okay. So your periods are going to be a little bit out of whack, and that's true. And then it comes to birth control. Hannah, do you want to do a PSA for the group?
1: Please. Please use birth control after surgery. Now you may be off of your like hormonal
0: one for a few weeks after. What you do four weeks after surgery to be off hormonal. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. So let me. Yeah. Um, so if you are on birth control by mouth, this is what Body by Bariatrics. does, yes. but so listen that can, to
1: your surgeon. Yes,
0: listen to your surgeon. Listen to your BGYN. This is not a substitute for medical advice. Okay. If you are on an estrogen containing birth control, you can just Google it and see if there's an estrogen. Most of there. the regular ones are, right? Exactly. You would know if you were on the progesterone sure. only. Yeah. Those ones are fine. Um you might like the mini pill, I believe it's progesterone only. Mm-hmm. Like progesterone, all fine. If it has estrogen, it can increase your risk of blood clots. And so we do say, and I get it, this is another fun layer, is and even if you're not using it for birth control, just the keeping it regular, ugh, I try to have patients stop it or hold it for two weeks before surgery mm-hmm. and then continue to hold your birth control for four weeks after surgery. Yeah. So, yes, you're holding it for six weeks with our practice, which I think is one of the hardest things to do just because of all of this stuff. Well, yeah, you're also used to taking it.
1: You know, that's a funny thing. So I was on birth control for a long time. Then I had an IUD. I even while I was a trying to get pregnant. And since I have been pregnant, if I fall asleep like early and then like before my normal time, I will wake up and think that I need to go take my birth control that I have not taken. In like five years or something. Wow.
0: Like, I haven't been it's an so, order. It's so, it's so, it's like so
1: like ingrained in me. Well And I'm like, you are actively having a child. Like, <laughs> we wanted this. Like, don't take birth. Don't take birth control, Hannah. It's Nut. so
0: ingrained in us. Like, but, yeah. Don't screw up. And now it's like, wait, I have a different thinking that no, this is good. Like, yeah, is, right. It's just exactly. Your mind. Well, and then the other thing is
1: too, like, a lot of times people feel much more like after surgery, they're like, when can I have sex? Because, like, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, you can, but please use protection. like if you if you are having sex and potentially can get pregnant with that person please be really safe and even using like two forms of of birth control.
0: Yes, exactly. So there's different types of birth control, obviously oral contraceptives. We just talked about it. Some with estrogen, some with different amounts. There's um, some that even have iron included in them, uh, especially if you're already anemic or have uh, low blood counts um, before. There are progesterone only. There's the Depo-Provera injection and I'm not a fan of it just because I do believe that Oh, progesterone is like the PMS hormone and it just makes you like irritable, moody. Um, You get, you do not get a period because it's the withdrawal of progesterone which is what gives you your period. So, PMS uh, Uh pre-menstrual syndrome is of course before you have your period and then if you're that's because of progesterone the progesterone levels go down you start to shed the lining of your uterus so there's that there's iud's as you mentioned um those don't have to be removed or anything and those those are
1: generally still effective after surgery and everything yes they are they're i mean they're one of the most
0: Effective forms of birth control. Exactly. In general, they are, and I and I have one patient who is so fertile. She has five kids. She knows who she is. Um, and I, uh, she did have, and I don't want to put that out there, but she was the only person I've ever known out of four thousand some surgeries that had the IUD and, and pregnant. got pregnant. I mean, it's. It's not a 0% chance it's not a zero. for anybody, no. sur- surgery or not, And IUD. Is. She's, so, I feel like my level of, yeah. of IUD efficacy is on par with if you've had bariatrics or not. Yeah. So, and then there's implants, um, mm-hmm. and there's, you know, there's different, and of course, condoms, barriers, abstinence, mm-hmm. blah, blah, blah. You know, yeah. you, you know the drill. Right. Okay, so there are all of these things. So, now you are deciding like are right, this is the whole reason I did this yeah. let's talk about the timing mm-hmm. of when you should start to try to conceive mm-hmm. after you have bariatric surgery. So Please wait. Yeah. yeah. Please
1: wait a little bit. So generally the recommendation is 12 to 18 months after mm-hmm. surgery. And I would say that, you know, from my perspective, some of that is going to be how much weight you have to lose or that you want to lose. So if you maybe are somebody who's on like the smaller side Um, or you lose weight quickly, maybe the 12 months is fine for you because you're not so worried once you're pregnant about the weight anymore. Mm -hmm. But if you have more weight to lose, you know, and you get pregnant earlier on, that might really slow your weight loss down um and so that would be when you might want to one of the reasons you might want to consider waiting like that 18 months
0: yeah and you talk about weight loss Mm -hmm. weight gain with pregnancy and it's a lot because now we're talking about like oh my god i was trying so long not to get pregnant and then i'm pregnant the same thing with like i have been on this weight loss journey this bariatric journey and now i'm trying to get pregnant and it's like How much weight should I gain? How much weight? And so the guidelines for the normal weight, normal BMI category, um, say that the the average weight gain should be somewhere around 25 to 35 pounds throughout the the entire 40-week pregnancy. And in the beginning, the first few trimesters, you're not gaining as much. And then right. and then as it gets towards the end, you're gaining like a pound or so a week. It's like, whoa, yeah, look at that scale. Yeah. This is messing with me a little bit. So that is, if your BMI is between 18 and 25 right now, that's probably what you're going um, to gain. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're still, let's say you had 200 pounds to lose and your BMI is up and you're still on the losing I think it is totally fine and safe and kind of expected, even though this will really mess with your OBGYN, (laughs) is if you have, um, if you're losing throughout the entire pregnancy. The entire one. Sometimes it's going to happen that way. If you have more to lose, like they'll say that if you're overweight or even obese, meaning BMI greater than 30, Mm -hmm. then the target is 15 to 25 pounds weight, which is probably where you'll be. Um, And it just especially in like
1: the first trimester, you think about that time when again you a lot of women in the normal range do lose a little bit of weight in the first trimester Mm -hmm. because they're sick because you know they can't eat anything like they're just kind of getting by on what they can, and even like when I had one of my first visits with my doctor, I hadn't gained really any weight, and and I was of course you know reading everything and blah blah blah, and he's like, you're fine. Like if you were like a toothpick, I'd be worried. That you weren't gaining weight. But he was like, I'm not worried about it. Yeah. So
0: it's, and, it, it, I feel like it always catches up. It's just like that first right. month post-op with, with surgery. Yeah. Some people, women will lose, again, an average of around 15 pounds, about a half a pound a day on average. Yeah. And some will lose 15 pounds in the first day and then not another pound for the next 29 days. Yeah. And it will be like, what's wrong? I'm like, but you lost 15 pounds. Right. And it will start again. And it's just like that with pregnancy. Like some days Mm -hmm. you're like, I gained five to 10 pounds. And pregnancy is the only physiologic condition, if you will, that your body um, is designed to gain weight. You cannot help it. Even if you're vomiting and not consuming enough nutrients and, and calories, like... How am I gaining weight? I literally ate a cracker yesterday.
1: Well, yeah, because there's other... Yeah, and that's where I think it can get really tough. And, and this is something to consider for bariatric patients who have been so concerned about weight and have been generally so focused on weight for the past 12 mm, to 18 mm. months is, yes, that's that's happening. But it's also, it's not always just weight. I mean, your blood volume increases by like 50% in the oh, first yes. of the surge weeks of, of pregnancy. And so like your blood just weighs more which sounds so weird to say but it's it's true so it's like there's also that difference between like true weight gain and like just some physiological differences that are happening in your body because you're pregnant it's so true it has nothing to do with this
0: seed sized thing that's (laughs) (laughs) in in you you know for sure did you um i think i asked you you didn't really feel it but could you tell like your circulating blood volume was going harder or more There were a
1: few times where I was, like, out of breath. Like, I would just do, like, I took, I don't remember, maybe it was when I was in Chicago. Oh, it was. I was carrying, like, my backpack. We were coming from the airport, and we had taken public transit in, and I, like, took the stairs with my big backpack on, and I got to the top, and I was like, (sighs) like, I just couldn't. And then we went and saw Beyonce that weekend, and it was the same thing, because we were, like, way up in the high seats, and so we had to, like, take all these stairs, and I was like, whoo! And then I looked on stage, and she had this, like, very pregnant back, like, trumpeter I want to say oh playing and I was like I don't know how she's doing that because I couldn't get up the stairs to go see Beyonce and I was like what like 12 weeks or so pregnant at that point and this woman was like very obviously advanced because you could you could tell from from where I was sitting that she was pregnant so
0: I like I don't know know how she is she's obviously
1: past the the terrible like oh yeah and she's well conditioned to do I mean she's got to have the lungs of I don't an oh. elephant or something. Like she
0: just has the strongest lungs of any oh, human. gosh, I know, impressive. But I listen, you're coming around the yeah. bench here. You're that, this is you. Oh, too. Yeah. So let's talk about the timing also of whether to have bariatric surgery first or to get pregnant yeah. first, because people are like, just with this whole weight thing. Well, I want to. I don't want to like lose all this weight only to gain and then have to struggle again. Yeah. The joys of being a woman, I always say. So there are a lot of, uh, there's a lot of evidence and compelling research that really says that you really should have bariatric surgery or get into as close to fight and shape, healthy weight that you, the mother can do in order to, to get, to be able to do this safely. And there's a lot of reasons. There's a lot of reasons for that. So Obviously, bariatric surgery leads to weight loss, and um that's going to help to lower your risk of some pretty significant complications like gestational diabetes mm-hmm. for one um gestational hypertension, which is also um pre eclampsia or in severe cases, eclampsia, mm-hmm. which is where it's associated with high blood pressure and seizures mm-hmm. and uh, you know the the whole thing with gestational diabetes we'll hear this from time to time like I don't have diabetes, but when I was pregnant, I had gestational diabetes yeah and diabetes is diabetes. It's, uh, you know, an increase in, in the amount of things that we've already talked about. And so um, we so as part of your your workup and you should obviously go have regular checkups and make yes. sure that things are progressing, the baby's growing correctly, your, your all of your labs and everything is on point. Mm-hmm. One of the big things is about the glucose tolerance test. At 28 weeks, baby. 28 weeks is when you will get that. And they're checking to see. And so what they'll do is a glucose tolerance, so they give you this big, huge. Swig of old
1: glucose there. How many ounces it is? It's small. It's small, right? It's like... Uh, like, well, that's a good point like a soda size like 12 ounces or so it's
0: 12 ounces and it's got 50 grams of glucose in it i know that that's a ton right and yeah. so like our patients remember our most of our patients are keeping i'd say under 15 to 20 grams of added sugar per day right so this thing is having you ingest 50 grams of sugar at one time and like quickly like aren't you supposed to drink
1: i've obviously had mine yet but. yes You do it in like five minutes or something. You drink this
0: thing down. Very, very, very quickly. Yeah. And it's like, it's low volume. It's so sugary. It tastes like McDonald's high C orange. Orange is the one I got for all three of mine. Yeah. And, um... I told you i loved it i hate to admit that but anyway i mean it's like just pure like like it's oh my coast. god it's water just so good yeah it's so super good but anyway so some of our patients particularly the gastric bypass patients number one you brought up a good point with the volume yeah of how many ounces you can consume at a time right it's easier to drink after a gastric bypass than after a sleeve so the volume might not bug you with the bypass yeah. but how your body is so incredible at really taking care of that huge amount of sugar, you could get some hypoglycemia. You right. could get a little bit of dumping I from that. That's, uh, that's the concern that I typically hear from people is the
1: dumping syndrome. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there are alternatives for, I mean, that's like the gold standard for for gestational diabetes is to take, is to do the glucose tolerance test you take it, you drink it, you wait an hour, they check your blood sugar levels and see what's happened. Mm-hmm. If you fail, that's what they say, then you have to go back for the three hour test. It's another similar thing, but they check you, you do it and you check it three hours. Exactly. Um, And that helps to determine if you have gestational diabetes. So what I've read just from looking into this kind of stuff is that, especially like, it makes sense. I would think for some people who have gastric bypass i would say especially if you know that you are very prone to Mm -hmm. dumping syndrome like if you're somebody who can eat a half a banana and it causes dumping syndrome like this might be really rough for you yeah but you can you know talk to your of course talk to your doctor about this this or your midwife whoever you're working with through your pregnancy um is doing like home glucose monitoring. Mm-hmm. So we're basically you're pricking your finger, you have a glucometer, yes. you're checking that. Yes. I think I, I don't, and I don't know if like insurance covers this, but I know some people have talked about getting like the continuous glucose monitors for mm-hmm. those couple of weeks. And I think you have to do it for two weeks and you're checking your blood sugar like four times a day. Wow. Um, is my understanding from what I, again, I've just kind of lightly or looked into it or heard things online and stuff like that. So, right, right. But yeah, you have to check it a lot and and be really consistent with it. And that gives you that like baseline of what your blood sugars would be.
0: Yeah. So. And, and so, yeah, if you're concerned in the least that you're, having this study, 50 grams of sugar at one time is causing you to have any issues, then talk to them about alternatives. Yeah. So other things um, about why bariatric surgery is so great. Well, obviously we've already said it improved insulin sensitivity it's a metabolic procedure even you know so effective even more than just the weight loss um now there's other things you could have a big baby macrosomia is what it's called and it reduces that risk of the baby being born with a high birth weight and that can lower the risk of injuries with delivery right you'd be more likely to baby have it vaginally um avoid having to have a c-section which is a little bit harder of a recovery it's a surgical. Right. procedure, bigger incision, um your sore, it's it's a lot going on there as well. And there's also some other um issues uh with with the baby. Yeah, too. So with with
1: looking at the nutrition after and this is obviously something that people are always concerned about cuz like how am I going to get the right nutrition? But there's actually showing that you know you can have reduced risk of things like neural tube defects or things like which would be like spina bifida anencephaly um which is due to the folic acid intake Mm -hmm. which is why it's important to make sure that whether you are you know pregnant or not you're you're a bariatric uh, vitamin needs to, will have folic, a decent amount of folic acid in it, just like a prenatal vitamin would. Mm -hmm. And it's important if you are somebody who is planning to conceive that you are making sure that you are, and this is bariatric surgery or not. Oh yeah. If you are trying to get pregnant, you should be on a folic acid containing supplement for a few months prior to trying to conceive because it builds up your stores of it, which can really lower the risk of of neural tube defects. Yes. Um, So... And that's something that we get the question all the time is, um, is the nutrition. Yeah. And, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's definitely difficult. I think it's it's really challenging. Like we talked about, you might be really sick in the beginning. Yeah. A lot of times, too, the things that we recommend as bariatric you know, providers are not going to be what you want to eat. I mean, I know I went through that early on. Did not put chicken in front of me. Like I did oh, not. I didn't yeah. want protein. <laughs> protein was like the last thing on my mind that I wanted, and I knew I needed it. I was doing shakes and stuff, too, to help. But, you know, a lot of times you wake up in the morning and you want something with some carbs in it. You Mm -hmm. want a starch. It really does help a lot of times. And I think that's where you eventually have to really learn, again, your body and your leniency that you have to, you're going to have to make some changes to the diet. Mm -hmm. And if you need to wake up, I mean, I woke up, I still do it. I have a piece of bread with peanut butter on it every single morning because it just helps early on, it just really helped me, like, at least get my day started with yes. something, and it gave me the carb, it gave me the protein, it gave me a little, f- the fat, like, it, it, it helped to just make sure I could actually eat that day, basically. Yeah. So, peanut butter bread, that has become a staple in our house. Mm-hmm. Um, well, so so trying to find the things that work for you as far as that goes. And then again, taking the the pro- proper vitamins. And the good thing is a lot of the vitamin companies do have prenatal bariatric supplements. So that's a really good thing to look into
0: to see if that's something that you can find. I and know Celebrate does those. And that's the key thing to review the vitamins. Mm-hmm. Iron, which will be in your prenatal. Mm-hmm. It can be a little bit constipating, but... It's important to know that the iron and if you are post bariatrics and you're on calcium, they're mm-hmm. two plus divalent cations, they compete for absorption. You gotta separate them by at least two hours. Yeah. So we're always, we're a broken record on this, but if you're taking all this stuff at the same time, you are absolutely canceling it all out. Mm -hmm. So there's a proper way to take them. What should you take? When should you take it? How should you take it? I also think that when you come back in, if you're several months post-op, even if you're not on cycle at six months, one year, and then annually, which is when we check our nutritional labs, we check for six or 12 different things. And uh, if you're not on that cycle, we can check your labs again just to say, yeah, all right, your B12 is less than five. 500, you should be supplemented. And by the way, we have our list of 12 things on our drxdietitian.com website. You can see exactly which vitamins you should have or nutritional levels you should have checked for blood work and then how to supplement them if there are deficiencies. So B12 is a big one, B1 or thiamine is a big one. Yep. Um, you want to make sure that your calcium is good. We look at that indirectly through PTH. Looking at iron studies, um, anemia is uh, you know, a big one that could just happen. And naturally. Um, mm-hmm. And that can, folate can play into that one as well. Folic acid plays into anemia. Same with B12. Uh-huh. Great point. So you want to make sure that you have some baseline lab work that's nutritional, that you are before you're trying to conceive, if you can, you're already on these me- me- vitamins. Mm-hmm. And remember, these are not just recommendations. These are requirements. Yes, absolutely. And so you really want to be on all of those things. And also, actually, Having bariatric surgery first is also reducing the risk of preterm birth. So you're more likely to carry a healthier baby to full term. term. That's a normal size. The pregnancy, the delivery, all of the issues are easier on the mother and on the baby. And that is, it's it's a noticeable difference, a noticeable difference. So you really want to do all of that. And for nutritional needs at any time. Hannah Schuyler, RD, here oh, yeah. she is in the house. Oh, gosh, sure. gonna
1: have to become an expert on bariatric nutrition after for pregnancy.
0: Well, I didn't know. Mean, know about it. Obviously, I just feel like you know it's interesting. Now that you're pregnant, it's just gonna make you a better clinician. Yeah, because now you are like, oh, I can yeah. empathize. Yes, looking at the fridge, there's nothing. you oh, like, oh my gosh, do a the trying to butter. get. I mean,
1: I try to now. I started drinking, trying to get a hundred ounces of water a day. Ooh
0: overachiever a lot lot.
1: yes I definitely am not hitting that daily and then I was aiming for like more of like 80 to 100 ish grams of protein a day which I've never been somebody who tracks my diet it's just not something that that I normally do Mm -hmm. but to to think about it I mean there's definitely been days where I'm like I just have to have a protein shake yeah because it's the only thing that's gonna like again if all I can think about if all I want is toast I'm not going to get my protein. And of course I've had, I haven't had surgery, so I am able to be a lot more flexible, you know, on some of those choices in my diet yeah. that I can kind of give into like, well, that's all I want right now. But yeah, I've definitely had to, to really be more intentional about it. And this mm-hmm. is something else that happened that was interesting, you know, kind of going back to the weight, you know, trying to get yourself in the best shape, getting yourself into fighting shape to get pregnant and all mm-hmm. of that, you know, leading up to, to getting pregnant. I wasn't, I wouldn't say it was necessarily on like a weight loss journey but i was definitely always very conscious of it trying to kind of at least maintain where i was at um if not lose a few pounds you know just uh, prior to to that and like that day that i got that like positive pregnancy test it was so interesting because it was like just a switch went off in my head that was like hey we're done with that like we can't focus on weight loss anymore we are now like which i was trying to nourish my body before but you know it was like all of a sudden that just changed like all right nope different shift now yeah First, all best like plans you know do whatever they want but uh well i so gotta it was say, like i did what i could and i've taken a prenatal for a long time and i do do, do
0: that religiously i still take a prenatal yeah. every day choline. I mean, oh okay yeah, yeah i would do because like eggs weren't always the thing also you have to eat a
1: lot of things to get enough choline for the new recommendations oh choline too yeah and it's not included
0: in a lot of the prenatals so oh something just to look out for there we go choline okay i would do um a b complex Mm -hmm. and a prenatal okay and then i was doing like coenzyme q10 yeah i'm
1: sure too with your everything they probably were monitoring it all of these things a lot different because i know sometimes they'll put on
0: like magnesium as yeah well i wasn't on people. i wasn't on that yeah. but yeah no you're right i mean there's, there's a lot of different a lot of different nutrients that would- you ought to be very very careful yeah. of but like i was gonna say you look better than ever yeah <laughs> it's like glowing like the 20-week pregnancy is like the yeah look like if you're gonna like did you see those headshots of Hannah guys like yeah <laughs> that is where you're like glowing and you're like you know you're like yes there's definitely some it, pictures in there that Spanx couldn't hold baby girl down though. I know, like our little um our our cover picture for this yeah. episode, like yeah. oh this this cute look on a her face, flop. a little pop. <laughs> I know, I just love it. it's like wow, look at look at look at. Myself. I know and she's it, really like showing up this week. Oh, I haven't tried I my that. jean shorts
1: on in a while. I'm a little bit afraid. Oh
0: my gosh, oh my hang them up, right guys, yeah. fans. I mean we're like hang them up. We're moving into our comfy clothes era. Oh, for sure, that's yeah. why you're gonna love the maternity. Although we're in Florida, so I used to love it for like warmth and everything oh, yeah. too. Like, like,
1: the, like big, the big waistband,
0: and yeah, stuff. that goes yeah. up to
1: underneath your boobs. I love yeah. that. I just bought like a big like jumpsuit mm. it's very very maternity and i love it i'm obsessed i haven't worn it yet i just got it the other day oh, i can't wait to see this yeah
0: i mean yeah Times of pregnancy clothes so yeah. we should do a whole one on like oh, keeping stylish through pregnancy stylish should, though, so no one wants to follow me oh my gosh <laughs> well yes we do we, we care about every doctor x dietitian t-shirts that's what i'm wearing, what right wearing now. Today. oh my gosh i yeah. know well, we could keep going. This has been like super great. And if as always you have any questions or you want more information about anything we discussed or maybe didn't hit on yeah. that's a women's health or anything like that, please yeah. um, DM us or you know I mean, as, us. Was, as we were preparing for this episode, we just kept writing stuff down and like
1: I mean the fact that we prepared for an episode, go us. I know. You know, we did, but like you know, we were like this could be this could be ten episodes. So we know we just kind of skirted, skated the surface on mm-hmm. some of these things things. Um, So absolutely, if you want us to talk more about anything, we're happy to, you know, maybe we'll do a follow up on this one with everyone's questions. That'd be an awesome one to do. Just kind of answer some questions that you might have about fertility bariatric surgery the weight loss meds oh really quickly let's talk about oh, where yes. do you need to stop weight loss medication
0: so fentermine is a controlled substance it's a sympathomyometic amine if you're trying to conceive don't take a period in fact yeah. um, you need to have a negative pregnancy test in order for us to prescribe you it. yeah so we we check on that we'll verbally we'll, we'll put it in writing we'll give you the risk that you cannot cannot be pregnant if you're on fentermine, which is also in toparate or plus topara which is Qsimia yeah so that's a big no if you're trying to conceive you want to be very careful Orlistat we never really prescribe that um but also the big DLP ones the Ozempics all those things they're great because they improve your blood sugar and they kind of get you regular um but there's right now I think the FDA is calling it like class c or something like that where there's not a lot of great um evidence on animal studies that show whether there's actual damages or issues with the fetus so because of that there's saying that once you know you're pregnant you got to stop those yeah and if you're trying they say try like up to two months beforehand
1: you can stop those i think that's what the manufacturers are kind of saying yes you know again it's one of those things that you can't really study a lot of stuff in pregnancy because it's just ethically you not right i mean yeah you can't get have people be pregnant and then you test drugs on them like right it's right. not ethical so that's kind of the hard part like you said it, I'm, and again i'm sure that all of this stuff is being studied is being developed oh, yeah. because these are big topics but um once that information is out there hopefully we can get an update for you once once there is an update for but sure right
0: now it's just uh better not risk it i know which is yeah better not risk it which is really i have a fertility specialist that reach out to me sometimes yeah. like well, why is that and I'm like, well, I think it's like a big question mark. If so, like is. you said. Yeah. So, again, not a great answer. Um, and maybe even your endocrinologist might even tell you to re- remain on it. Yeah. I mean, and so I think that, or if that's it, what they say, some people will do like
1: metformin or something like oh, that. Like, yeah. I know it's not ideal, but you know, something else just to help with like the insulin levels and things as you look at that. Exactly. I'm not a, I'm actually not an
0: endocrinologist. You're not? No well yeah. you'd make a great one <laughs> sure 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 you would. yeah you're amazing so all right wow Okay. Right. here we go well okay. good
1: we'll reach out you know where to find us we're on instagram at dr. X dietitian i'm at hannah she's at dr Dovik. send us a dm uh we'd love to answer all of your questions check out our website drxdietitian.com. you can check us out on youtube we're everywhere Love to hear from you okay. and we'll see you next week.
0: Congratulations to Hannah again. Thank you. All right, bye guys. Bye.